the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode. And if you want to hear Dr. Dinka go on a complete rant, <laughs> stick around to the end of the episode. Because I seriously live up to being the shitster <laughs> on this You show. are. <laughs> you always start trouble. But if you want to get me going, talk about the differences between psychiatry and psychology and all these other people that are acting like, you know, their profession in psychology and they're not. So if you want to understand about ethics, integrity, we touched on CBD and some of these people that are thinking that these drugs that are legalized or just like medication is a solver of all. It's not. You still need to take many, many different holistic approach to reach that mental health. So listen up, learn, and you can hear me ramping about things because Mandy does that to me. And marijuana is not the solution for everything. Neither is CBD. Dr. D goes on a full rant on that one. You know what? This show is all rants. So everybody stick around. You have any questions, concerns, or anything, shoot us a DM. All this and more in today's episode. We're back with Am I another supposed to episode. Stop? No, we're, you're good. I'm recording it. You can't record it. I can't. I'm I can't controlling that. I'm controlling everything. All right. I like being in control. <laughs> I love this. Too. So, so yes. um, back with another episode uh, as we are still on vacation and we're going to talk about general <laughs> mental health here That's in the right. United States versus in Kuwait and the perceptions, I guess, and CBD. I mean, and CBD. CBD. <laughs> I mean, since I've been here, <laughs> since I've been in Chicago, I hear nothing about CBD. And then the other day I was driving and there was uh, some sort of a, a discussion about, you know, marijuana is going to be legalized in January. This is the regular marijuana. And marijuana for medication has already been legalized. And I just feel like people just think this is like the solution for everything. I mean, I hope people are not walking around thinking, you know, if I have depression, I just do CBD or I take the, you know, medical marijuana and this show. There are parameters and guidelines. And I just feel like, wow, I, I cannot hear one more person here saying, they, they're making it look like that we don't need psychologists now. We don't need medication in anymore. This is it. This is the solution. And it's really scary. Well, it's like, it's like everything as human beings. We find something that has a little bit of good to it. We mm. bastardize <laughs> the hell out of it. We attach it to everything else saying, oh, this is the one-all, be-all, cure, everything, everything. And in reality, it's good for specific things. But like anything else in life, once you abuse it, it has no effect. I mean, it's, I it's, like, any, then, it's like anything. If you take 200 milligrams of Panadol, you know, yeah. your body gets used to it. It adapts. Then you have to take 250, then 300, then 400, then 500. And I tried CBD. Um, I got it from a really good source. It's like a little uh, oil in a drop bottle. And, okay. you know, you just put a couple drops under your tongue and it's not, it has no THC. So you don't get, you know, there's no hallucinogen effect. There's nothing. And uh. it's basically, it's like I said, it's ibuprofen, mm. you know, like a 600 milligram ibuprofen. You know what I mean? Like kind of relaxing you, calming you down. If you have pain, it, you know, subsides the pain a little bit. I used it for sleep because I have issues with waking up in the middle of the night. So I tried it. Hey, I tried it. She tried it. She felt refreshed and everything. She went out, killed her workout the next day. I tried it. I went out. And when I worked out both times, I felt like crap. Like it just did not, it didn't, it didn't function well with my body personally. So I know I have seen the oil actually, but I've seen more people here like rub it on their joint or um, helps them with sleep actually. Yeah. Or uh, so it just seems, I mean, CBD. Okay. I mean, it sounds to me, but I, the thing is the idea of like men, what really concerns me 
And also in Kuwait, because there are some people are all are getting the CBD, whatever being mailed to them, whatever. The idea is, is that I feel like most of the time people now, they are getting the sense that, oh, you know, I don't need to talk about my problem. This is the same problem we're going to have with, we know when we started medication, right? So the idea is, is that medications, psychotropic medication, it is supposed to help you with your biological factors or neurotransmitters to stabilize them, but it doesn't really take away the problem itself. And a lot of times I'll get clients that are like started medication maybe a year ago. And even if the psychiatrists have said, look, this is just a medication where we can help you sleep, where we can like minimize your hallucination if they're schizophrenic or psychotic in some sort, but this doesn't take away the stress that you are experiencing. So you need to really go talk to someone to be able to deal with the stress, time management, whatever. And then, you know, a year later, they've depended on this medication thinking that this is going to solve my problem. And then they come to me a year or two years later saying, you know, I still have the problem. Uh, I'm numbed now. I don't want to take medication. The medication is numbing me. And they've emphasized so much on taking the medication. They didn't even really deal with the problem. But so now I come don't, here. Don't they get physically dependent on that medication too? Like their bodies, well, they, don't they go through withdrawals? I mean, well, of course they do. Some I've, of them I've do met some people that went through really bad withdrawals and ended up in the hospital. And you know why though? Because, you know, to give it credit, I mean, our psychotropic medication are not supposed to be addictive because they're used in a certain way. The people are getting addicted is because they're overusing it and they're not using their medication the way the doctor has told them. So as you get these people that start taking the medication, for example, let's say Ciprolex, you know, they're given a certain type, a certain uh, milligram that they got to take. They, sometimes they take them two times a day, sometimes three times a day, whatever. And then these people are like, you know, so let's say their depression hasn't like gotten better. So they act like, you know, most of these patients, sometimes I wonder like, you know, I mean, you're not the doctor. Why are you making these decisions? So they decide, oh, I'm going to skip the third one. Or no, let me give a little extra in the morning, in the afternoon. That way I don't take it. They start cocktailing on their own without really discussing it. And then before you know it, they become addicted because now they've gotten used to like using, you know, when a psychiatrist is giving you a certain milligram, they're giving it to you because they know your capacity, your weight, you know, all these calculation that goes into it. And this is what worries me now with this marijuana is people are starting to act their own doctors and they're starting to act like, you know, this is something that is really going to help me. They're going to overuse it and they're never going to deal with the problem and they're going to start to become dependent again. So the idea is, is that most people might disagree with me because they're supposed to be these like, you know, these are like medical marijuana now. You're not supposed to get dependent on it. I understand. But it's not only dependency biologically, we're talking about psychological dependency where you feel like you need to have this thing in order for you to sleep. And that's when the medication becomes addictive is when you start thinking that I need to have my pill to sleep. It's like right? anything, yeah. No, it's like anything. Yes. It's like a pre-workout, so, I mean, it's it's like like pre yeah. When I came to Chicago, you know, you have jet lag, right? And for me, it's like, I can't stand jet lag. But when I come here, I don't have as bad as when I go because it ruins my routine. So this is a big thing for me, right? So I hate like going back or coming because then I don't want to spend time sleeping. So I'll take like a sleeping pill, for example. I realized that when I first came, so I tell myself, I'm just going to take it a couple of you know times. And sometimes like I even have to half a Xanax I'll take just so I can sleep. You know, I want to get up early as everyone else, like I always do. And then I realized that 
you know, I'm starting to take it even when I don't need it. Like I'm sleeping fine. Why am I taking this? Right. And then this really tells you how I was starting to become dependent. It's either on this, you know, half a pill of Xanax or whatever sleeping pill that I have with me because I feel like I need it and because I can't sleep. And then I was telling myself, but hold on, I took it the first day, the second day. Okay, fine. And then after that, my, my routine goes back coming here. Like being in the States, it's easier for me. And then I was saying, why am I taking it the third and fourth time, fifth time? Why? I'm telling myself that I can't sleep when I really can. And this is what people do. Let me tell you, 80% of the patients that I see in Kuwait, this is what it is. And they're starting to take this medication because they think that they needed sleep or they think that they, and they are not following the doctor's order. So they become dependent on it. And then by one year, two years, I get people saying, well, I thought that my problem was going to go away. I thought it was a biological problem. We all know psychological problem is not just biological problem. We know that it has something to do with the environment, the stresses we experience with our relationships. You know, it is obviously there is something else that got you there. And now I'm really here. I come back to the U.S. and everyone's talking about, oh, this is the answer for all the marijuana. Now in Illinois, it's legal. Everywhere is legal pretty much. Look, I'm not against it. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like people really need to understand why you're using it. It's not going to solve your problem. This is minimizing. Like for you, you took it to sleep. So there's a purpose. I feel like people, after a while, they forget the purpose of why were you on it to begin with. No, 100%. It's just like, I mean, people can be dumb, I think. And when they follow Mm -hmm. the masses, they're even stupider. In the sense of they'll do something just to do it and just to follow suit. When in reality, you don't know how these different drugs will affect your body. Like marijuana could be beneficial for one person and it could be extremely toxic for another. And you could Mm -hmm. have a toxic reaction like extreme anxiety fear, all kinds of things can come in just from that one drug. And the same thing with CBD. CBD did not work well with my body. It just didn't fit. And and I did my research beforehand, but everybody's different. Not one size fits all. And I think that's one of the bigger things. And we, Actually, I have, a, I have a patient back in Kuwait that got some, I don't know, it was mailed to them or whatever. CBD, or, CBD or marijuana? No, it CBD. had to be CBD. Okay. Well, I mean, marijuana, you're probably bringing, I mean, you know, everything exists. <laughs> I know, I know. But right. CBD in, in general, he's, um, he had told me he had, he had it mailed and he got it. I mean, whatever way, I don't know. I don't, I don't really ask these details because I don't want to have any more information. Well, that C- I need to. C- CBD is legal. It's an oil. It's an it's oil. Not, I don't know. Is it legal in Kuwait? No. no, because they have hemp milk. I mean, when you walk into Safeco or Sultan Center, sometimes I'll see hemp milk or, you know, pro- subproducts of marijuana plants like hemp milk or hemp whatever. So, I mean, mm-hmm. CBD is literally a derived oil from the plant without the well, THC. So, I mean, I, I, mean so, I know a lot of people are using it there. So, obviously, they're able to get it and if yeah. it's legal or not. I mean, until I guess the uh, government finds out that he is being mailed. So, anyways, he gets his mailed, whatever. <laughs> and the, the, the thing is, is that before he got access to it, he was like, you know, he was giving me this whole story about, you know, when I have it, because he tried all this medication, he has a lot of other issues. And he just doesn't want to understand that there are underlying issues that you're not facing. You're the doctor and you're saying, look, I don't really think, I think this is going to be another one of these things that you've been doing. Where is going to numb you about things? But it's not, no, 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 doctor. You don't understand. This CBD oil is a cure of all. So fine, he got it. And then I was like, okay, fine. So now you're going to be less anxious. So he has anxiety. He has a lot of stress. And I think he's got other underlying issues that he hasn't addressed. And I said to him, okay, so now you got it. Oh, you know, so he uses it on a regular basis. Sometimes it helps, sometimes. And then now we created this image. This is going to be the answer. 
right? I'm going to feel much better. I'm going to have better symptoms. I finally will be able to do many things. And it didn't even go that way. You know, when you set up yourself and believing that this is the ingredient that has all my answers, obviously you're going to be disappointed. So he was like, he's like, no, it's fine. It's fine, doc. But you know, it's still not working as much as I want to. I mean, like, okay, how much more can you use of it? You can be taking a bath in it. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure this, this guy is like 24-7 and it's not working because obviously there's something else. People really need to educate themselves that when you're using this medical marijuana, it is used for a purpose. So when you've got a provider that gives it to you or when you have CBD and you're using it for a particular purpose, makes sense to me. But when you're starting to act like this is, you know, this is going to be the cure of all. That's what scares me. I mean, the other day I was talking to my friend who was also like this. She was like, I was like saying to her, you know, I miss the idea of like working in, in, a, in a hospital. And because, you know, that's what I did a lot until I went back and went to Kuwait. And I was like, she's like, Juliet, it's not the same. You know, nowadays is like, you know, psychologists are not a lot in the hospital. They want to do more outpatient. And, and so what she's saying is that, you know, mental health, the view of mental health, the view of psychologists has changed. And that people don't really see a uh, very um, aspect of it or important to it. And I was like, really? It's like, yeah, like, like we said, it's like some people are not, they're minimizing the importance of these mental illnesses and your mental health and how you should, instead of thinking that there's a magic in these drugs, that you have to think about, I mean, you, I mean, it's the same thing as like diet and exercise. Let's just, because you are so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you know, I have a trainer here. And so she, the first day she met me, she gave me a whole like um, the uh, menu meals that I have to eat, which I am so bad about. And so I don't follow because I'm on vacation, right? But still she told me all the things I should keep, I should leave, whatever. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, you know, I cannot lose weight if I'm just going to exercise. Obviously it's exercising, it's diet, right? It's yep. keep moving. You know, I mean, there are many things that keeps people fit. Yeah. Sure you can along speak with more the mental, along with the mental aspects. If you're not right in the head for it and you don't want it mentally and that need isn't there or presenting itself, you're not going to stick with it. You're not going to stick with the program. And exactly. you have to go to the so, deep root. You know, you have to go to the root cause of why you're overeating or why you're being, you know, sedentary right. for most of the day. So, Or why you don't have self-discipline. So, I, so if I don't lose weight by the time I go back to Kuwait, I can't go tell my trainer you know, you know, you didn't do your job because I can't there. I mean, I'm realistic. It is not just working out, working out for me. It's more than just like really losing weight. It's toning. It's different from you. I mean, you, this is your lifestyle for me. I do it because it gets the energy, my, you know, it gets stress out. It yeah. keeps me moving. You know, I'm getting older. So I want to make sure that I also feel fit and be, re- you know, be young enough to be, you know, take You're care of my young. kids. You're still young, Dr. I, I'm very, You're still very, very young. young. You're still very I'm 29, young. according to my kids. <laughs> I've been 29 for a long time. But, but do you see that? I mean, even in your field, there's a lot of other things. Like she sat there for an hour explaining to me, it's workout. These are the diet. This is what you need to do. She gave me a, a, a plan. So mental health is the same way. You know, the perspective of people that need to understand is mental health is not just I'm depressed and it's not because I can't sleep. So I'm depressed. I just need a medication. It doesn't work that way. You go to a psychiatrist for medication. You've got to be able to talk about the, the root of the problem that caused you to be depressed, you know, unless you were born depressed with genetic, you know, it's another show we have to do. Genetically, people are genetically predisposed to, to they have genetic genes for depression. Yes. But you have stressors that trigger that, right? People need to really understand it is a, you know, a multi thing that's going to get you to be better at mental. And, and 
it's sad. You know, at first I was thinking, oh, Americans have a lot more um, better view of mental health because mental health existed and people are are not ashamed of going to a psychologist, not like us, it's a stigma. So people come to you and they don't want anyone else to know. But I'm also starting to realize that, you know, it's, uh, it's here, people are like running around trying to get quick fixes. Just as much yeah. as, you know, we do in Kuwait. Yeah. Every commercial, every commercial when I watch TV here is like Zoloft, Xanax, whatever it is. You know, like, oh, yeah. just, it's amazing how they're always just trying to pump out drugs to fix the problem rather than look at like the causes of the problem. Like, I mean, I have one of my friends, high blood pressure, heart problems, mm. and he's popping a pill every day when in reality, it's like, dude, if you drop 50 pounds mm. and you just lead a better lifestyle you're going to be better off versus what he's doing right now, which is all eating crap, basically not moving enough. And that's what's causing his issues. So it's like, dude, like, why aren't doctors addressing this? Some doctors are like right now you're getting some holistic, you know, doctors that will look at everything and they'll be like, look, this is what's causing this. You know, this is the root problem. Let's fix this here. And sometimes it's diet, whatever, exercise, and they get to that fix later on. Like I had high blood pressure when I was overweight and mm. I knew why I was overweight. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was a, you know, one plus one equals two. That was it. But some people don't see it. And I think doctors here are just as much to blame as people like in Kuwait right now, doctors are like pushing out pills for everything. And it's an operation for everything. Physically, I'm talking about, you know, because that's, that's mm-hmm. you know, when I tore my labrum, five doctors in Kuwait were like, operation, operation. One doctor in the States who I followed mm-hmm. was, here's your rehab program. I'm going to give you a shot of cortisone and do this rehab for three months. If you can swing a baseball bat, you're good to go. If you can't, come back, reevaluate it, and then you might need surgery. And mm-hmm. guess what I did? Physical therapy. I still have full range of motion. And my shoulders have been the strongest they've ever been in my life. So it's sad. And I, you know, but don't you think, because we have become a society of quick fix. So when you're watching it, it was, so when you're watching commercials and there are no commercials about like, you know, how you, your problem, the core of the problem has a lot to do with something underlying that you haven't faced, but you know, the quick fix is that to take medication. So most of the commercials is about, you know, kind of like, pushing medication so you can make money off of it, the pharmaceutical company, when they're trying to give you messages. I mean, can you imagine what eight and nine-year-olds and 10-year-olds are watching TV? I know, it's sad. They're seeing seeing that, you know, there is a solution to your problem, which is medication or drugs, right? There is no education to the idea that, you know, uh, so most of them think that I'm going to take this medication and I'm going to feel better. And then they're disappointed because when they take it for a year or two years, the problem is still there. Now you might feel, like I said before, numb or relaxed or, you know, you can sleep a little better, but it doesn't take away. I think it's because we have become a society of like quick fix. Why do you think all these like plastic surgeries, I mean, you know, here in Kuwait, oh, Kuwait uh, it is increases huge. in Kuwait. Kuwait a lot because yeah. why, again, it's the same mentality. You get this person who's like overweight and they think, well, I just got to go do a surgery. I'm going to be wonderful. How long does that last? I mean, you've seen people like that one year, two years. You know, I've got people that like did this like sleeve or whatever they, you know, all these type of different things. And then so first year, two years, third year, they look great. And then what happens? They start gaining the weight other places, right? Yep. 
because they've never understood the idea this is just part of the program. If you order for you to keep your weight, you got to eat right. You got to exercise. They don't meet with the dietitian. They don't learn these things. So the quick fix is that for the first two or three years, I look wonderful. And then after that, you know, most of the people that really keep the weight off after these surgeries are who? The ones that have learned to exercise and they diet and they really maintain a healthy lifestyle. Learn right? to they adjust, know how to yeah. deal with stress. Learn to adjust to And it. the ones that, learn, that gain weight are who? Are the ones that thought this was the answer for all. And then they realized it. Oh no, I'm gaining weight and they don't know what to do about it. So with mental health is the same way. Yes, we have all these extra help now. The medical marijuana helps. CBD oil might help. But you got to understand your underlying problem or you're never going to get over the stage. Seriously. I mean, I'm very passionate about this because it pisses me off. I'll get someone that has been having this problem for the last two years. All right. And because they thought that when they went to the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist gave them medication and they thought this was all they needed. Seriously. And then after two years, they come to you and they want me to solve their problem in one session or two. And how can I do that? When you have, I mean, we all know early intervention is the best solution in anything. Cancer, you know, it better. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And just a note on psychiatrists, and oh my god, we're probably going to get shot on the show for what I'm about to say. Psychiatrists treat patients like mushrooms. They feed them shit all day and keep them in the dark. All right, that's my opinion about a psychiatrist. Okay, they just no. you know they keep feeding their, I mean, their clients. I mean, psychiatrists are made to. I mean, well, psychiatrists are medical doctors. Their job is to give. But you a lot of them, a lot now, of them now just over medicate. I think course. people people walk around over medicated all the time, and it's just like what you talked about with the fitness stuff. And I was telling you about this, and I said I want to bring Hay on the show to talk about the body image stuff and. You know, we, we decided we'll next we're, we're going to do next great. time. But yeah. that commercial, it's still resonating in my head of how these assholes can say, oh, you got to <laughs> fix what's in your head first. And then 30 seconds later, they're rolling out. Oh, and buy the joy box, which could, you know, a whole bunch of makeup. And it's like, dude, what are you preaching? You know, like if you're saying love yourself, fix yourself. Great. You know, love yourself for who you are. That's it. Yeah. You know, like I think I think. I mean, it's true. And it's very rare. I mean, a lot of my friends are psychiatrists and I don't want to, you know, say anything bad about them because I love them all. But let's, <laughs> let's be honest. I'll talk let's bad about honest. them. Don't worry. Yeah, you can talk bad about them. <laughs> I, let's be honest. They are medical doctors. What does that mean? That they have been trained to take, give medication. So the idea is, is that, you know, I've got, I mean, like I had this psychiatrist who I liked and I mean, I, I, I liked a little bit now, but not as much. He's starting to talk a lot about therapy and he's starting to mention that, you know, therapy is not good and that, yeah, no, he, he didn't say it's not good, but he was in a way in one of his talks kind of making it look like minimizing the idea of psychotherapy. And he's saying that, you know, we all know that mental illnesses is genetic, which means that it has a lot of biological trait to it, which means that you need medication to be able to help it. So he okay. wasn't saying anything, but pretty much he was saying that it's not going to help you if you talk about your problem, because if you have genetic disposition in your family, the anxiety or depression, psychotherapy is not going to help you. That's I mean, interesting. That's, that's, that's what a he was very, saying. That's, sorry, that is, not to cut you off. That's really interesting from your field. I mean, field. I couldn't believe he was saying that feel? anyways, because he's my friend, but 
I was like, you know, I mean, in a way he's being, you know, he's saying what he's trying to say is he's pushing genetic, which is fine. A lot of psychiatrists definitely believe in genetics, which is fine. I'm not minimizing genetic, but it's not, it's like that nature versus nurture fight, right? Is it really biology? Are you who you are because of your genes or are you who you are because of your environment? And this is something I tell my students all the time. We cannot say it's one or the other. They both work together. And then when you've got people standing there who are admirable and people listen to them and then you give a whole talk about how genetics and all this new research about genetics, it's true. Genetics play a part, but you cannot minimize it. If you've got people like are minimizing the importance of uh, psychology and importance of you working on your problem, of course, people are not going to take you serious. And of course, they're going to look for. So before it was medication. Now let's look for marijuana, right? To go back to this discussion. And then it's like, it bothers me. It's like, it's fine. Do all that. Just like when I go work out, I work out. I do different steps, different things. My body, legs need a different workout. Today, I learned that. Legs need a different <laughs> workout. Then your arm, then your back. I've got different parts that I want to work on, which means that they're different routine. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. And I don't know, people can go work out, do all of that. But when you come to therapists and say, look, it's not just the medication. You really need to start talking about why. You can't live on medication for the rest of your life. They're bombarded by idea of like, we've got to talk about it. seriously. Yeah. And then, you know, so yes. So what's the soul psychiatrist? I you know the ideas is that now there are some psychiatrists. It's like, you know, nowadays in Kuwait, at least here, it's been in existence for a long time. Most psychiatrists work with a psychologist. So they have that holistic take because here they're allowed. In, in Kuwait, it was only several years ago that they allowed psychologists to be with psychiatrists. A long time ago, when I first moved to Kuwait, I wasn't allowed to work with a psychiatrist, which I was like, what? Oh, you know, when I, in, in Chicago, I worked with a psychiatrist, you know, we worked together. If it, it's the idea, that's how it is. People go to medication, then they yeah. come talk to you. And then, so now, a lot, most all psychiatrists have a psychologist, but still, it doesn't mean that they really believe in psychotherapy, to be honest. Wow, that's, that's scary. That's actually, that's, that's really sad because mm-hmm. it just kind of tells you like what the medical field is doing now. And, you know, like a lot of people have been preaching gut health for the last five years that your gut is connected to your brain. And, mm-hmm. you know, these medicines alter your gut microbiome. And I'm sure we can bring Meg on the show and she would like dive into this even more because that's her thing, gut health. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, if they don't believe in this, then they probably don't believe in gut health, which means they don't believe in a lot of other things that kind of couple into each other, which is, that's kind of mm-hmm. scary. You know, that's, that you, it is scary. you know, and you're, think- you're far and few between, you know, in between like a lot of crappy, you know, psychologists or psychiatrists out there. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be difficult for people to find a good one. Yeah, like it's going to be difficult for people to find a good one. But the idea is, is that you cannot give this perception. Like when people come to me, I never say, no, no, don't take drugs. I never do that. Like, don't take medication. There are certain, I mean, I truly believe there are certain disorders that require medication and they need a medication treatment plan. I understand that. I never have someone in there and I say, oh, no, 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 don't go to a psychiatrist. If someone comes into me, most of the time people come to me and say, I don't want that. I ask them, would you like medication? Do you want something? Because this might help you. I give them that education. I never say like, oh, no, no, don't take medication or don't go to psychotherapy. People need to really start realizing that everything benefits. It's not a one or the other. So, you know, when you are struggling with mental health, when you have a mental disorder, you know, you've got options. It's like that trainer was teaching me. You've got an option of how you can eat. And there's option of different exercise that you got to do. So there are many things that she wants me to do if I want to get to the ideal, you know, weight or body fat or whatever. 
So, and this and mental health works the same way. You go to a psychiatrist. If you don't want medication, first of all, like I tell people, if you don't want medication, why'd you go to a psychiatrist? Because most people don't know the difference between psychiatrists and psychologists. Can you believe that? We're wow. 21 century. Fine. Then I say, you know, I don't want medication, but they'll go to the psychiatrist and then they get mad at the psychiatrist because the psychiatrist just gave them medication, right? And then I say, fine, you don't want medication. People have the right to choose. You don't want medication. I think you need it for these symptoms, but you don't have to have it. Fine. Then we'll talk. Well, let's, for me, I say, give me five sessions. Let's talk about what it is. Let me give you some tools. If it doesn't work out, then you need to go see a psychiatrist. We need to give people options and we need to educate them. Psychiatrists is for medication. I mean, they do talk, of course, and they've got a lot of skills and they're trained. And then psychologists do certain things. You need a nutritionist, like a holistic approach. You know, sometimes in Kuwait, I feel like people are like, they feel competitive. Like, you know, you're taking the, the work from them or like, this is not the way it is. I'm, I want to do the best I can do for my client. This is my goal. This is why I'm there. So if it means that he needs a dietitian, he needs an exercise, like there's not, oh, you'll be happy with this, Maddie. There's not a person that comes to me that I don't say you got to work out three times a week for 30 minutes, even if you're walking. Yeah, yeah. I don't allow people to stay with me if they're not exercising because I know it's a very important aspect. I mean, why can't other doctors do the same thing? Go to a psychiatrist and then they tell you, look, you've got to see a psychologist. You have to. Like, this is what we need to do. People need to understand that we're not competitive. We are all working together and it saddens me. And now with this marijuana thing, oh my God, (laughs) they're not going to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. What they're going to do is sleep at the dispenser shop. I know, right? It's funny you bring that up. I mean, just tying it back into like the fitness industry, so to speak. And confidence is such an important aspect of someone's profession. And if you're not confident enough to recommend someone to go to someone that specializes in a specific training modality, for instance, like me as a baseball Mm. coach, I Mm. specialize in catching. I was a catcher. That's what I know. And I could do a hundred times over. And Uh I've gotten people that come up to me, you know, because I can pitch too. And they're like, oh, we want you to teach my son how to pitch. I'm like, look, this guy's better. Go to him. And I would recommend that person. Or if someone comes to me to be their fitness coach, I would definitely recommend a nutritionist. I would also recommend a physiotherapist. And then I would be like, okay, well, you know, if it's in my realm, I'll handle your, you know, your programming, so to speak versus, oh no, I'll do your nutrition. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. And trying to be a jack of all trades when you're just, you know, you know, turning yourself into an idiot, in my opinion, because I think people feel like they devalue themselves if they recommend someone who is specialized. And it it kills me. This goes again with the psychologist, you know. I, of course, I've been trained to work with a lot of people, but I don't do children. So, you know, a lot of times people recommend me, you know, like I'll I'll have this uh, pediatrician. She always refers uh, the kids to me. For example, I know how to do psychological tests, obviously. I mean, that was the first diagnostic training I did in school. But I work with someone that is her specialty. Why would I? So whenever I get these referrals, I do the intake and I say, listen, I don't see kids. I only see adults, young adults in college and above. I don't see this. But I'm, I'm putting you in a good hand. I mean, she works with me in the office. She's a great person. I want you, and, but I'm here. If you ever need me, and if you feel like you didn't get this, this, what you need, please contact me. I give them my number, but it's not my specialty. Why would people want to pay to come and see me, to work with their kids when I'm not, this is not my area. 
It's the same thing as substance abuse. I'm not a substance abuse counselor. You know, I know how to deal with them. I can work with them, but I'm not as trained as a, someone that has spent most of their life trained learning how to deal with substance abuse. Yeah. I'm not a substance. So when someone comes to me with these issues and with their addiction, I refer them out. This is what we do. It has nothing to do with, I'm not a good psychologist. I'm good at many other things, right? So when, you know, but people don't do that. So they'll go to them and they're like, yeah, 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 I could do this. I could do that. No, they can't, mm-hmm. you know? And this is what you really, we need to be aware of this. So mental health, you know, you got to educate them. This is not my area. This is, you know, I don't do this. I do this. When someone comes to me and says, I want medication. I don't do medication, but I work with a great psychiatrist. You can go to him. This is the, the way it's supposed to be. But when you've got people that are like competitive and making it look like their field is better than the other person's field, we're confusing the population, to be honest. I don't feel, I don't feel minimized because I just said, I'd, like someone, can you imagine I'm a psychologist? I train, but I'm not a trainer. Can you imagine someone coming to me and saying, saying they you train me? You know what? That's funny. Wow. But before we end the show, I'm going to yeah. taunt you into going on a Dr. Dinka rant because I haven't heard one in a while. So <laughs> what is your opinion about these very intelligent individuals okay, who go obtain a certificate or something over a weekend oh, and then they say, you know, they come back, they say, okay, you know, I'm a certified life coach or a certified mental health professional or a certified this. And they've it done it literally 72 hours. Like, go. <laughs> no, no, no. This pisses me off. And, you know, and not to minimize what people have done. Like, but when you get a certification that you're a coach, then you're a coach. All right. You're not a psychologist. What bothers me is that now with the social media, when you go on Instagram, you've got all these people like, you know, they're coaching for this and coaching for that. You know, I need people need to really understand coaching is for like people that are doing Reiki and people that are doing like yoga and, and whatever. It doesn't matter. Now, again, it's a holistic approach, but they're not doctors. And it really bothers me that someone was you know, will come to me and say, oh yeah, you know, I go to this culture because I am working on some, like for, for example, please explain to me, how are, how is coaches know how to diagnose? Diagnosing is something that you, it took me a whole many years to I was going to say, how many, how many hours, how, how many intern hours did you have to do exactly in to order diagnose. to turn into a coach though? Because a coach is a word and or a, a term thrown around. And a coach 72 yeah. hours. You go on the weekend, you get a certificate and suddenly you're a coach and you're a positive coach. And I don't know what a life coach and I don't know what these things. But to be honest, there's a thin line between what they can do and what I can do. And then when you got coaches that haven't really been trained and suddenly now they're diagnosing and they're saying, this person is depressed, this person has anxiety, they're not trained to diagnose and they're not trained to work on clinical issues. They are life coaches. You know what that means? Like you've got a particular issue, right? And you are supposed to just deal with that particular. So, but when you go on Instagram and everyone is like advertising, I'm a coach, I'm this, I'm that. Please, it really bothers me because I am not planning. I'm not a trainer. I train, but I'm not a trainer. Yeah. You know, I don't do prescription. I cannot talk to people about their stomach problem. Why are people coming around (laughs) acting like, you know, I'm a coach and then they're selling their business, making people believe that they can solve all their problems. They can't. And, you know, Everyone, and but again, again, it's the idea of like people feel minimized if you say to them, well, you're not a psychologist. Like, you know, I know, I mean, like I was trained in the US. Like if, so, if someone would have called me a doctor when I wasn't a doctor, my supervisor would have gone crazy. You're supposed to correct them. Yeah, you're supposed 100%. to say no, you're an intern, you're, you're training, yep. you're this, because you don't want to give people, you know, a misunderstanding of your qualification. 
And then here we've got people. I mean, in Kuwait, a lot of these people are not educated on these fields. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to educate them. So just like I tell my students, you have to understand what psychologist means, what psychiatrist means, what is a life coach. I'm not minimizing them, but each of them is trained to do specific things. So to come and pretend that you're a, a life coach, but then you're supposed to be looking like a psychologist, that's, that's not right. Because we've gone through a lot of training to be who we are. And, you know, you get this certificate, then you should honor that certificate and stay within the realm of what you learned in this certificate. But then, you know, people, everyone thinks that they can be a psychologist. Seriously, everyone thinks they can be a psychologist. They think our job is easy and they think we just talk and that's it. It's not true. So my recommendation for people that are looking for help, please look into people's qualification. You want medication, you got to go to a psychiatrist, someone with an MD. You want a psychologist where you can work on in-depth clinical things, you go to psychologists. You just have an issue of making a decision about your job. Should you change it or not? Go to a life coach. Is that, um, that's summarizing it really good. Yeah, that was a good and, rant. That was a good yes. rant. Now just, you want to lose weight? Go to, a, go to Mahdi. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I wouldn't even take that on. But to just talk about the fitness part for one second, there are a lot of people that will categorize themselves as a boxing coach or a you know, weightlifting coach or whatever after doing it for six months. I've coached baseball for 15 years. I've played it for 20. And Mm. only recently would I call myself a good catching coach because Mm. I understand the value of time that is added into that, you know, versus these jerks that come out after doing something for six months. No, it's not like that. It doesn't work like that. And if your trainer has only been doing something for six months, that does not qualify them to be a specialized trainer. Says, how long did it take you to specialize, Dr. D? How many years? How much yeah. time went into that? And it devalues, ten. yeah, it devalues. Of it. course, 10 years, you know, four years undergrad, two years master's, and then four years or even five to get your doctorate. So obviously, this, the training and the depth of experience that I have is different. This is not to really minimize, you know, what coaches can do, but the idea is that coaches are not psychologists and everyone needs to stay within their realm because it can become very overwhelming. And so, you know, but I feel like people, if they, if they say, no, this is not my specialty, they think this is taken away from their, but you're really being unfair to the person who's paying you because they're expecting that they're going to get this type of, of professionalism or this type of yeah, treatment and yeah. you're not qualified. For me, it's all about ethics, to be honest. No, you're right. 100%. Ethical, you know, ethically, we have to be ethical and we got to educate people that there are, like I said, you know, when you go to a doctor and you see all these certificates, you should be smart enough to ask, well, what is your specialty? I mean, you know, it's the same thing as like medical doctors, right? There's general doctor that looks at everything in general, but they're not in depth. And then they say to you, go to this endocologist, go to this urologist, go to this like heart yeah. person. Everyone has a specialty and the same thing in our field. So you cannot like minimize and say, oh no, you know, I can go to this coacher and he can like treat me. Well, yeah, they give you life skills. It's true. You need it. They can give you some techniques. You know, they can help you adjust in some sort of a decision that you need, but they're not psychologists. I mean, we have to be, we have to be fair that you cannot equip, you know, even if someone went to coaching for a year, let's say they did the, the one year, there's a one year program. Okay. It's still not 10 years. And so, you know, I feel like, but it's our job, see? This is why we're doing these things, podcasts. And this is why I go on TV. Educate. People need to ed- be educated. This is why I yeah. teach. I need to educate people to understand that it's okay to ask for my 
qualification. You know, very rarely do I get someone coming and ask me, what is your qualification? You know, people feel embarrassed to ask that. You shouldn't. You're paying a service. Go in there and ask, what are your qualifications? What are you trained in? What are your specialty in? Have you ever had someone in my situation? There's nothing wrong with it. That way you are comfortable and you can you know that you are getting the value for your money, to be honest. Then to just be quiet, go to a coach because your friend went to him or go to a psychiatrist or whoever and thinking that you're going to get the same service because maybe their need is very different from your need. You know, I love it. I'm a troublemaker on this show, that show. I'm loving yeah, this. Yeah, everywhere. You're a troublemaker even as a student. I know, Jeez. right? I, I really know how to get people going. It just like <laughs> Thank go off. Thank you very much. This is like my soft spot. That, that was it. I know. I know. I picked that one. I waited for the right time too. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. Well, well I, well, you know, I hope that, I hope that anything that they, you know, people can hear about, because it's very important here. I mean, in, in the U.S., it's so easy. Like, you know, people ask or people know. Yeah. And also like, you know, but that doesn't mean that there are people that are not qualified. But in the, in Kuwait, I think a lot of unqualified people are practicing and they shouldn't, to be honest. Yeah, it's ethics, ethics and integrity. The stories integrity. I hear, oh yeah. my God, it's, yeah, yeah. Integrity. And I think people don't understand integrity in Kuwait. I really, I really think they don't understand integrity. And on that note, we should call it a show. Yeah, <laughs> integrity, values, and ethics. Wow, people are going to yes. hate me. Now I had the fitness industry <laughs> hate me. Now I got the psychs hate me. This is great. <laughs> anyway, the psychiatrist, thanks. definitely. <laughs> thanks, Dr. D. If you guys have any questions, you can email Dr. Dinka or message DM her or message, you know, the Project Kuwait. We'll get right back. To yes. You. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.